So welcome and thank you for joining us on our series, Perspectives on ESG in the Middle East. I'm Kumar Jaffer, a counsel in Allen & Overy's Funds and Asset Management Practice in the Middle East. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Vasuki Shastri. Vasuki is an ESG and Strategic Communications Advisor based in Dubai and Washington, D.C. He advises sovereigns and private sector companies on how to manage ESG and communication risks and has worked extensively in America, the UK, Asia, Africa and the Middle East. Basuki was most recently the Global Head of Public Affairs and Sustainability for Standard Chartered Bank in London and prior to that with the International Monetary Fund, the IMF and the Singapore Central Bank. Basuki, thank you for joining. It's great to have you here. We're very keen to hear about your perspectives as an ESG consultant in the Middle East. So if I may, I'll kick off. What are you seeing private equity managers do on the ESG front in the Middle East? Is there a commitment to ESG? Let me start with thanking you, Kamar. I'm delighted to be here. I would say ESG momentum in the Middle East is certainly picking up. And if I had to place a context to this, I mean, this feels very much like London when I was there in 2016, when there was a lot of talk about how companies should comply with uh, ESG principles. There was a lot of public debate, obviously ongoing on the pros and the cons. And I think what's different this time, at least from speaking with clients here in uh, Dubai, is this an element of urgency that, uh, you know, even in 2016 in London simply did not exist. And I think that urgency probably comes from two drivers. One is the fact that this region is so heavily dependent on traditional fossil fuels to drive economic growth and opportunity. And I think the region's leadership recognizes that they need to embark on this transition, mainly because of the risks, the grave risks to the planet uh, from climate change. And then at the same time, you're beginning to see non oil companies, which have aspirations uh, to be regional and global, and they recognize the need to comply and go beyond compliance on ESG standards. So I would say the region is very well positioned uh, to embark on this journey right now. And so what is the approach actually being taken to ESG integration by the companies? What support um, is being sought in integrating ESG principles uh, into their systems and processes? Yeah, uh, my starting point here would be some companies are still think that ESG is corporate philanthropy, right? So it's part of a journey, and this is not a negative remark on any particular company. If you think of social impact in the broadest possible way, I think that's one way companies can embrace ESG principles. And I think if you're a listed company, a listed company, anywhere in the world, even listed in Dubai, it's very hard for the chief risk officer or the CEO of that company not worry about not having very, very rigorous ESG uh, governance and ESG processes. And, you know, the, the risks really originate from one or two places. If you're a manufacturing company, you've got to worry about your health and safety standards. You've got to figure out if there are dubious practices in your supply chain. So in order to mitigate that, you need an ESG framework. So I think companies are you know, logically coming along on this journey, beginning to understand the importance not only of having strong policies and processes, but you know, how do you articulate this to the wider world? I would say you've got very good practices in many companies. Many other companies are on this journey. I guess if you place a reasonable time frame of three to five years, this region is going to be up to scratch. And what is the approach that's being taken from a top-down perspective? Would you have an example you can share with us of how private equity sponsor works with portfolio companies on ESG from the due diligence phase all the way through to the 
post-investment phase? Yeah, that's a fascinating question because when you think of listed companies, and listed companies already have a group of investors and they're already facing pressure from regulators to comply with ESG standards. When private equity puts money typically into, it doesn't have to be a startup, but an established company which is not listed, where the company owners or promoters you know, have this ambition of expansion, they have this ambition of growing the business. Probably five or 10 years ago, when you had a private equity fund come in to this kind of business, a family-owned business or, or an entrepreneur-run business, ESG probably didn't feature even in the top 100 questions in the due diligence process. I would say right now from what I'm seeing, ESG is front and center because I think private equity funds want to draw comfort from the fact that not only is the business being managed well from a pure business operations perspective, but the internal wiring and plumbing, the risk processes, the risk management, the company actually has processes in place. So on many a time when private equity funds speak to prospective investing companies, in some cases, ESG is the first conversation these investing companies have ever had. Uh, so, you know, if you regard this as a journey, a three-year journey, and to bring them along, to educate them, and I don't think this should be, I don't know, private equity funds take a top-down approach, but there are many of them who actually see contributing to the company's governance, to the company's management style, in really bringing the company along to excellence as part of their proposition. So as part of that, there's a lot of education which goes on. I think many funds are actually rolling up their sleeves and writing some of these policies for these companies. So I would say in terms of transformation, if you for a typical company, PSG journey is two to three years. In terms of full compliance and perhaps aspiration to be something more than full compliance. And uh, funds have that time horizon. So they really can influence decisions along the way. As you mentioned, it, it doesn't just stop when the deal closes. It continues to be on the agenda after after the investment is made um, with, with these companies. Yes, indeed. There's a lot of post-investment monitoring that happens. And as the company scales up, and typically when the company receives an infusion of capital and begins to build its operations, begins to invest, new risks are going to emanate. So, you know, during that process, I think both the private equity fund as well as the investing company learn a lot of lessons on how to do this better. And you've worked across continent from the US, Europe, Asia to the Middle East. I mean, where are some of the common themes and differences you've seen across these markets on this topic? Yeah, I mean, let's focus initially on like-minded regions, right? If you look at Asia, Asia has come along in this journey of ESG compliance, building best practice, and it's done it in multiple ways. The first push has come, obviously, from governments recognizing that they need to be bet big on renewable energy. And I think many governments, look at China and India, they're heavily dependent on fossil fuels. So I think those leaders recognized five, six years ago that they needed to transform their economies. And that transformation process can only happen with the active participation of the private sector. So you have this one track that is taking place in developing Asia, where there's a lot of impetus, there's a lot of push on investment in renewables, investment in smart grids and smart cities. I mean, it's not perfect at this point in time, but there is a lot of investment going on. And during that process, people are learning the merits of ESG. Then you've got this vast ocean of state-owned enterprises across Asia, which are not very different from what you see here in the Middle East 
and probably what you don't see, uh, probably the same that you see in uh, Africa, which are typically in uh, fossil fuel dominated uh, sectors, where the journey for them is going to be a much longer, more difficult, challenging path, mainly because the governments typically depend on these fossil fuel companies fiscally. And turning the ship around takes a much longer period of time. But I must say there are many oil companies in the Middle East who've learned this lesson very early on and are going through this process of adaptation. If you want to compare the U.S. and Europe, I would say the Europe certainly is at the cutting edge. I think the U.S. is coming at ESG, at climate change, in a peculiarly American way. I mean, it's driven completely by the private sector. The government is, the Biden administration is attempting to put this net zero target. But I think the impetus in the U.S. is coming from the states. It's coming from the private sector. Whereas in Europe, there's been very progressive leadership from the regulators in building up the incentives as well as the disincentives in this field. So I think we can learn a lot from each other. There isn't a single region that really, I can say, is the role model. But I think as we begin on this journey, this learning process is going to help the international community at large. In the work you're currently doing as an ESG consultant, what are some of the areas that you think private equity managers should further focus on with their portfolio companies? I would say two things. Uh, I would say risk and culture. I cite culture, I mean, typically does not feature in a conversation on ESG or climate change. But I think company culture is very important in driving not only performance, but also in driving the kind of ESG compliance that one needs. And, you know, if you're in the factory floor, under pressure to produce automobiles, to produce, to keep that momentum going, and oftentimes you're doing it at the risk of, you know, either environmental bad effects or social bad effects, unless you're training your factory floor manager that that particular action would not speak to the values of the company and good behavior will be rewarded. So culture, I think, is very, very important. Second thing is risk and risk, not only risk management from the board and the management team, which is, you know, which is kind of given, but at every level of a company, and particularly if you're a company without well-established processes, I think if you don't figure out the risk universe at an early stage, even with significant infusion of capital, you're likely to face problems. And what is your outlook for ESG in the Middle East in 2021 and beyond? I would say the momentum is picking up. If there's one advice that I would give to companies, it's to really start small. I've seen many, many examples where companies embrace very bold ambitions. For example, if you're a bank, it's very easy to say, I'm going to commit $50 billion, that's just an example, into climate finance. And I'm going to start doing that now. And we all know that you know, bringing a large corporation bringing alignment with strategy, bringing alignment with operations takes some time. So I think companies should really start small. They should have a clear roadmap on where they're going. And as much as attention they focus on communicating to investors about their bold plans, they should pay equal amount of attention, I think, to internal processes, internal procedures, into the kind of conversations that leadership teams should be having on an ongoing basis on ESG, right? So ESG should not be something that they pick up once or twice a year and forget about it. The escalation process, you know, one lesson that I've learned is a seemingly small development, either on social compliance or environmental compliance, on the face of it may not seem 
to be very important, which needs to be escalated to management. Oftentimes, it is these small things that really evolve into something catastrophic for the company by way of reputation risk and damage. So how do you make sure that you're not only capturing these ESG risks systematically, but at the same time, you're escalating it to the right people at the top so that it's going to be managed and assessed in the way that it deserves to. Thank you very much, Vasuki. I really appreciate you sharing your perspectives with us on ESG in the region. So for me, there were three key takeaways. The momentum on ESG in the Middle East is just picking up and it's going to go very quickly. ESG integration and compliance is a journey and there needs to be a roadmap to follow through on that. Third point is that private equity sponsors are uniquely positioned to support these portfolio companies on that journey. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.